When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3 on 3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley, Nate Hansen, Max Barr on the ones and twos. It is so good to be back. Fresh off, arguably our best podcast that we've ever put together in the past few years. Um, it doesn't get much better in terms of uh, star power than what we were able to pull off last week with Senator Wyden joining us and, and also Ennis Cantor making a, a guest appearance. So that was so cool. If you haven't checked out that podcast, please do so wherever you pick up your podcast. It's worth a listen for sure. Even if you only want to hear the first half an hour, it's all good. <laughs> Just give us those positive reviews and make sure to subscribe. It really helps us out in, in having other people find us as well. So, but guys, what a week it has been. Um, even in the real world, it, it's been just a, a historic, sad, upsetting, whatever words you want to use to describe it. Um, and, and hopefully we can bring a little bit of joy and have a little bit of fun over the next hour, half hour or so. So we appreciate you guys joining us and, and listening into the podcast because we have a lot to talk about and I can't wait to hear from Mr. Nate Hansen who was <laughs> so sure that the Blazers would sweep last week. Instead, what we ended up getting was the Blazers losing to the Warriors, Steph Curry having a career game, and then they followed that up with a loss to the Bulls at the Moda Center. So I cannot wait to hear from Nate Hansen on that front. But first, Jared, Nate, I just want to check in and see how you guys are doing. Since we're doing this thing socially distant, we're on Zoom once again. How's everything going in your world, Jared? It's good. You know, like you said, it's uh, been yesterday, especially with the attack on the U.S. Capitol. It's been, it's, it was a hard day. And, you know, 2021 so far is not looking any better than 2020. Um, and then, unfortunately, we don't have... You know, the Blazers playing well right now to take our mind off things. So I hope that we can bring the energy and bring a little positivity to to your lives of this podcast. But the Blazers need to give us a little bit more to be positive about to, to <laughs> yeah. make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I was about to jump in and be like, I don't know if we're going to give you more positivity <laughs> based on what we've seen from the Blazers over the last week. Uh, one thing I think uh, that will happen is uh, – there will be more flip-flopping by me, Orlando. <laughs> I think we're going to get another one of those here in this podcast. And, uh, yeah, the Blazers, it was it was not a week that – I mean, the Blazers players have said it themselves. It's not acceptable what happened over the last week. So, uh, it'll be – I'm interested to see how you guys feel because I know how I feel about them after two weeks. And, Max Barr, it's, it's good to have you back you know, fresh off, getting a, a few days off and the holidays and everything, man. How's everything going in your world? Thanks, guys. It's good to be back. Um, and I'll echo what you said earlier. I thought last week's podcast was phenomenal. I've never been happier to not be part of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, guys, you, man. You guys, really you, guys did a, you guys did a wonderful job, and uh, I encourage everyone to um, go back and listen and uh, tell your friends to listen as well. Max, Max, if you were on our podcast last week, you may have saved me some misery for this week because I wouldn't have gone <laughs> off probably as bad on the Warriors. But, uh, but it was not to be, and you let me make a fool of myself. So I, I enjoyed the, in addition to the great interviews, I also enjoyed the Draymond Green argument at the end yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, uh, yeah, he's a tough one to figure out. I don't, I'm like many of the Blazers. I'm just stumped by Draymond. <laughs> oh man it was good stuff we're, we're glad to have you back max we missed you now that the team is back together so let's do this thing you know how we roll three questions three answers let's start with question number one get ready nate after the first two weeks of games in which the blazers have started the season three and four 
Is your confidence in the Blazers shaken? I'll, uh, I'll, jump, I'll jump in on this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're a person who believed the Blazers would be a top four seed in the West, which, by the way, all of us were midseason. Jared had them as high as number two. Yep. I don't know how mm-hmm. your confidence can't be shaken at least a little bit. I know Orlando, when he talked last week, you know, he, he said the concern level for the Blazers when we were mainly talking about the Gary Trent, Carmelo Anthony thing, but as the Blazers as a whole, he said there was no concern level for him. And I was kind of on the same page. They were two and two. They didn't play great, but it was a tough stretch of the schedule. And obviously last week I said the expectation should be they go and win these next three games and begin a run here in January where they stop, where they start cleaning up on these teams. Well, guess what? It hasn't started that way for them. But I'll start with the positive. If you're going to be a glass half full type person here, uh, the positive is there's only three teams in the West who are better than 500 right now. <laughs> They're the Suns, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Everyone else is 500 or worse. So the Blazers being three and four are right in the mix with everyone else. There's not a huge gap of separation between anyone yet in the West. They're three and four, not playing well, but you would expect based on their careers that Nurk, who's still I think is frustrating many Blazers fans right now. I think many of us still have confidence he will eventually turn this around and start playing better. And the same with Robert Covington. I think he started to be a little bit better the second week, certainly better than he was the first week. And I think the expectation is those two will get better. So when they get better, the Blazers will probably play better, especially on the defensive end. And that gets me to the last positive. I mean, it's really a negative, but the defense can't get much worse than what it's been <laughs> so far. It can't really get much worse. And so if there's any improvement on that end of the floor, the Blazers, again, will start winning games. But let's get to the real thing here, uh, the negative, because my confidence is shaken, to be honest. Uh, like I said, this is supposed to be an easy part of the schedule for them. And they're now one and two. And, you know, there are always parts of the schedule where you need to pretty much gain ground on the competition around you. And this is part of it for the Blazers, and they haven't done so. And Dame's expressed his disappointment in these last two losses, the, the one against Golden State and the Bulls. And to me, the other negative is this team still clearly doesn't have an identity. And I think that was shown off in the Bulls game where they got off to the hot start from three, and they kind of just relied on kept firing threes, even though in the fourth quarter they were not going in. And they really didn't adjust for that. And I think it's because they don't really have an identity yet. They're still trying to figure out what they are. Now you could try to swing that and say that's a positive that, you know, they could eventually find that and be better. But I think to me, that's more of a negative and a concern right now. But am I overreacting? That was the thing I was trying to talk myself into. Am I overreacting? So I took a look back at the previous five seasons. So ever since LaMarcus left, and it's been Damon CJ's team here to see how they fared in the first seven games, which is what they are right now. Specifically, I wanted to see defensively how they were. So three of these five past five seasons, the Blazers have been about a 500 team, give or take three games. And the other two seasons, they were three seeds. So I'm just going to go back in chronological order. Let's go to last year. Uh, last year, they were, as we know, 35 and 39, finished as the eighth seed. They were 22nd in defensive rating through seven games. And that ended up being a pretty good indicator. This team's not going to be a good defensive team. They finished 27th in defensive rating. So 2018, this was the year they won the most games in the Dame CJ era, the Western Conference Finals year. They went 51 and 31. They were the three seed. Through seven games, they were eighth in defensive rating in the NBA. And that ended up being uh, a little bit above what they were. They finished 16th defensively, but it was, again, an indicator. This team's not a bad defensive team. 2017, this was the year they got swept by the Pelicans in the first round, but they were the three seed and finished with 49 wins. Through seven games, they were sixth in defensive rating, and they finished that year sixth in defensive rating. 2016, this is the year they went 500. This was the Nurk fever year, and they finished as the eighth seed. They were 23rd in defensive rating through seven games and finished 22nd. In 2015, when they won 44 games and were the five seed and beat the the injury-riddled Clippers in the first round, they were 18th in defensive rating through seven games and finished 19th in defensive rating. So while I'm definitely open to the argument that maybe I'm overreacting, I have five seasons of the past of the Damon CJ era 
that show me when they start off playing poor defense, this is not a team that gets better throughout the season defensively. They're just a bad defensive team. The two years that they were decent to start the year defensively were the years they won 49 and 51 games and were the three seed in the West. So the fact that right now they're 28th in defensive rating, the third worst in the NBA, I'm going to say this is a real indicator. This team is not going to be good defensively. And for me, that's a reason for concern. Man, Nate brings it. I wanted to make sure, man. I made a fool of myself last week. I wanted (laughs) to at least have some information to back up my thoughts this week. So much to process. Yeah, really So much data. Really good. So I have my answers here, but I feel like I want to respond to what you just presented because it's, you know, that kind of data, that's the stuff I, I, I live for. I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. I think that there are some differences. I think I'd want to go back and look and see how difficult their schedule, their early season schedule was because take away the game against the Bulls and even the Bulls are four and four right now, take away that game. And, you know, the Blazers schedule early on has been very difficult and they played a lot of very good offensive teams. So that's one thing I'd have to look and see those other teams. I remember one year in particular, I think it was two years ago you were talking about, I remember them starting off the season. Like you were talking about how they were six in defensive rating or something. I remember them starting holding a bunch of opponents under a hundred points. And I remember without going back and looking at the schedule that they weren't playing a lot of very good teams to start. So I'd have to look and see how that lines up. And the other thing that seems different and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that we've seen a Blazers team like this season where you are implementing new players on defense and like two new starters and you're and you're bringing back an old starter who who didn't play for for more than a year and also implementing and they haven't implemented as much as i thought because they're still dropping in coverage a lot but they're implementing new defensive principles so i, mean, I think we that saw it last year both of them well, maybe not new defensive principles but new players in the starting lap we yeah saw but not but not new good like players who are supposed to be good defenders fair enough they were they were bringing in players that that weren't good defenders you know, this year, like the changes that they made, the the additions that they made were all about improving the defense. And like, it hasn't worked yet. There's no denying that they're a very bad defensive team right now. But I still think that you've got to give them more than seven games to see if how Covington and Jones gel, how they connect with, you know, that starting lineup should be a good defensive squad and it's not right now. And so I don't know if, Maybe you're right. Maybe it won't change, but I want to give those two more time. And also the other player you talked about, Yusuf Nurkic, he is the linchpin of this defense. He's, he makes this defense go when he's good. Their defense is pretty good. And he has not been good so far on either end of the court and he's out of shape. I mean, you can see it out there. He's, his conditioning is clearly not up, up to where it needs to be. So I also want to see him. I mean, I hope he's able to get back into shape. I hope this isn't a, a season long thing where, where Nurkic is trying to round into form and never quite does. So I just think there's more question marks surrounding the players they brought in and implementing all these new players and, and principles that, that maybe those teams in the past didn't have. So those are just the thoughts I had when you were. I mean, the overall general consensus though of those five seasons was that the team started off playing well defensively. They ended up being an average to above average defensive team. And in the three years when they start off being a lower third, below average defensive team, they finished for the most part being a lower third defensive. So it didn't really change regardless of whether the schedule was early, was bad or not early in the season. It stayed consistently about where they were, which I, I was shocked to kind of see this correlation. Yeah. Uh, that's why me, and the question is, is your confidence shaking? Yeah. So I want to get back to that, Jared. Yeah, yes. you, you picked the Blazers to be the two seed. That's what the- I want to know. Is your confidence at all shaken in this team? If right now you had to pick the Blazers to finish somewhere in the West, would you pick them to be the two seed? Okay, so see, that's the that's the thing where I get hung up is because I think that my two seed prediction right now, I, I don't feel good about it. And I certainly don't feel good about my wins prediction. I predicted them to win 48 games or something like that. And I don't think that they're going to reach that. Um, but I'm not really my confidence in this team isn't shaken because it's so early. I can't take seven games. Like, I mean, you look at it 
two games ago after the Warriors or the Blazers beat up on the Warriors, you're feeling great about the team, you know, and then you come in, you see 62 points from Curry. And even after that game, I know that like we talked about this on, on, on text after, and I don't think I was as down on that loss as, as perhaps Nate was because Curry was transcendent. I mean, sometimes you have superstars who just have those transcendent games and it's really difficult to beat a team when their superstar goes off like that. It can happen, but a lot of times it doesn't. So even after that loss, I was like, okay, it's fine. But then the Bulls loss was something that you can't, in my mind, I don't think you can look past it. You know, they were missing first. I mean, they're not a great team. Yes, they're 500, but we talked about it last week. They're, you know, they're not a very good team. They were missing a starter. They were missing two rotation players. So they were even shorthanded. And so that was just a bad loss. I mean, they got blown apart in the second half on defense. I the defense is a concern for me and they're just a really bad defensive team right now. You can't sugarcoat it. Nurkic isn't as good as I thought. I mean, when he played in the bubble last season, he was great. And so I really thought he was going to come into this season and maybe not match what he did in the bubble, but at least come close to it. And this is the worst that Nurkic has played since he came to Portland. And I think that that affects the Blazers negatively in every way. It affects them negatively on offense because he's so important to the ball movement with the offense. And again, if he's not right defensively, then the Blazers probably aren't going to be right defensively. But I'm not shaken because it's seven games into this. It's like you talked about, Nate. I know, I know. And Nate is over here reacting. I wish you could see him on the Zoom. But the thing is, the Blazers are three and four, but so is everyone else. It's like you said, I mean, in the West right now, that are there are nine teams that are either four and four or three and four. Nine teams, and the Blazers are one of them. Everyone's figuring this out. This is was a really weird, you know, finish to last season, a really short offseason, a really strange short, you know, free agency and trades and all that. Basically, no training camp, no preseason, really, to speak of. I, I just think you have to give not just the Blazers, but every team in the NBA right now, you have to give them more than seven games before you judge who the team is. I mean, it's like during a regular season, you talk about how you don't really judge what a team is until Christmas. And in the context of this season, I know Christmas has already passed, but because we got a late start, we're not even close to there. I mean, we've got to wait until probably, let's say Valentine's Day, before we can really figure out what this team is, especially because they're implementing three new starters. You know, they're bringing Nurkic back. He's not right yet. My hope is that, like you said, Nate, that he's going to be. I mean, I still think this team's going to get better. I still think this team's going to improve. I don't think they're going to be one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA all season long. I just think they have the right defensive personnel that eventually it's all going to kind of come together and they're going to be a better defensive team than they're showing right now. So I don't know. I mean, yes, the last two games were bad and the Bulls loss was terrible, but I can't overreact to one or two games. So and two, it's two very things. easy to overreact to two games when you're only seven games into the season, but I'm not going to. Two, two things. Uh, I'm not just because I'm saying my confidence is shaken in the Blazers. I'm not saying like, this is not a team who can make the playoffs. I yeah. picked them to be a four seed and thought if anything, they may be a three seed or a five seed versus the potential of them being a seven or eight seed. And I still think they'll be one of those top six seeds, probably in the five to six range. But I think the door is starting to open in my mind a little bit that maybe this is a playing team again. Um, and that's not where my mind was at the beginning of the year. So I'm, I'm trying to weigh this. Like I am reacting to these seven games, yeah. I'm, but I'm not saying because my confidence is shaken, this team is not going to be good this year. Uh, and the other thing I have to point out is you gave like three minutes of reasons to be concerned and then said you're not <laughs> concerned, which was which was great. But Orlando, jump in. You haven't said anything. <laughs> I, I was entertained. I thought you guys really covered the topic thoroughly. Uh, but, yeah, those, those would be the only holes I have in your argument, Nate, because it's a darn good argument as to why we should be a little shook at, at the performances that the Blazers have put out there so far. Um, but it's that this is – an outlier of a season to begin with because of all the reasons that Jared mentioned, starting with zero training camp 
but and all of these new pieces coming together, key pieces, and changing the you know the defensive scheme somewhat uh, to fit these guys. So there are going to be more growing pains. And the one thing that that really is, I guess, a little surprising, but I guess I shouldn't have been just based on the start he had was Yusuf Nurkic, and what Jared had mentioned. You know that I mean, I've got to imagine that it was pretty difficult for him to get in high quality workouts um, dealing with other things back home. And so coming back, you're already behind the eight ball and it's going to take him some time to, to see it. And I do agree with, with from that standpoint that, you know, Nurk isn't Nurk right now. And let's just hope that it's not too late, you know, before we see what Nurk is. And we all know how valuable he is to this team, especially on defense where, the focus has been for this team for so long and, and now they haven't shied away from that. And so I would say that my confidence, it's not, it's not shaken. Like I I feel the same way Jared does right now. I know that there, there are a lot of reasons why, but it's still too early. Like Jared mentioned, I will say I am disappointed uh, in that Chicago game. Um, I thought they would lose one to Golden State. I thought that Steph Curry would have a big game. Now, I didn't think he would have 62. But once you get a guy like him going, everyone else around him levels up and plays so much better. And that's what we saw with him. So the the, the one loss to Golden State didn't surprise me whatsoever. But the Chicago one was very disappointing. And even I, as the game was unfolding, texting Nate like, whoa, like what? This really, this, they're really going to lose this game to the Bulls. And I know that the Bulls have, have been playing better, but still, like this is a Blazers team that is, is, is much more talented than that team. And the start that they had, and to be up 20, like that's, that's inexcusable. And then to hear Terry Stotts afterwards, I've got a quote here that says, Chicago outplayed us. They played harder than us. We let down our guard. We gave up 66 points in the second half after having an outstanding first half defensively. Chicago played harder. Like, there are a lot of things that, that you can say, but to, to get outworked, like, that's something you don't hear often. And, and even uh, Jason Quick had kind of seconded that, that that's something that rarely, if ever, comes up with this team. You know, there's something that, that goes wrong when they lose games, but it's rarely – this team Effort. outplayed us. Effort, like those type of things. And so, like, that was the one eyebrow-raising moment for me when I think back to just how bad that performance really was. But And even CJ. CJ was saying, you know, that he doesn't think that the offense was the problem, even though they jacked up 51 three-pointers or whatever it was. He said, we've got to do a better job getting stops, giving up so many points in the second half. And he was saying, it doesn't matter if we shoot 63s. I think since we lost, it just got more magnified and, um, he thinks that they got good looks, but defense, actually, defense, defense. I agree with CJ. I, mean, I, I didn't, I didn't really care that they threw up 51 threes or even 15 threes in the fourth quarter. And yeah, they, they missed all but three of them in the fourth quarter. But when I was watching the game, almost every one of those three pointers, I was putting, you know, the three sign up before it, when it went up, cause I, it was a good shot, you know, it was within the flow of the offense. It was open. I thought it was, you know, most of those shots were going to go in. And they didn't. So sometimes you miss shots and you lose games. But the defense is – that's – if I was going to be – have my confidence shaken, Nate, it would be because the defense has not shown – And it, no, it's not true. I was going to say the defense hasn't shown anything yet, but they have. They've had moments where they've looked really good, where you've seen a glimpse, you know, the Lakers game, certain, you know, the first half of the Bulls game, where you've seen what this team can do defensively but then the rest of the time man the defense has just been terrible this is a great topic um and one that i could see us having down the road i want to let nate have the final word on this topic before we move on to question number two so nate the floor is yours man good i'm just gonna say we keep talking about this defense is gonna get better or it's probably gonna get better okay maybe it will but they're 28th you know getting better could still be 22nd and if they're 22nd in the nba they're not going to be where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Like they have to take dramatic steps defensively to be better. We talked about at the beginning of the year, they'd be a league average defense. Well, they're going to be a league average defense. They have to be, they have to jump half the league. Granted, it's only been two weeks and they have many, many, many more weeks to come, but we're not talking like a minute a, a minuscule jump here defensively. We're talking about something very significant 
and the fact that we heard this team talk in the preseason, defense, 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 and they come out playing defense like this, I don't know, man. I'm, that's, I question a little bit what this team can do moving forward on that end of the floor. Whew, I love it. All right. <laughs> so question number two. Here's, here's a positive side to things, right, guys? C.J. McCollum, not known for strong starts, but he's been the best player on the Blazers through the first seven games. What's the biggest difference that you guys see in C.J.'s game, and do you think he can sustain this level of play all season long, Jared? I mean, he's playing great basketball right now. I've been surprised by his defense. You know, he's averaging almost two steals per game. And his career high is like 1.2 back in 2015. His scoring is way up. He's up to about 28 points per game. A big reason for that is because he's shooting really well from the three-point line, but he's also shooting a ton of three-pointers. He's putting up 11 three-point attempts per game, and his previous season high was last season when he put up 7.3 per game. Uh, CJ is still king of the mid-range. He still has the best you know, dribble moves out there, but seeing him step back for a three every now and then now instead of stepping back for a mid-range J, for me, that's awesome because I always thought that was something that's like CJ is such a good shooter. Like I always thought he should be putting up more three-pointers. He should be putting up the, the number of threes that you see from Harden and players like that. Uh, I don't know if he can keep this up. You know, his he's shooting 43% from three, I think. I, you know, he has that in him. He's had seasons before where he's shot better than 40%. Um, but he's shooting really well. So maybe that comes down a little bit. Um, he's, his playmaking has been great. I don't know if, if that will continue averaging more than five assists per game. But, man, if he does, if he finishes the season – averaging 27 points, four boards, five assists, two steals per game, shooting great from the field, putting up 11 threes per game. One, it's going to be hard to beat the Blazers once Dame and Nurk hopefully get back on track. And two, CJ might make his first all-star game. And that would be awesome to have two all-stars from Portland. Um, my only thing is uh, I hope by talking about how awesome he is, we don't jinx him <laughs> and he gets into a cold, a cold spell here. But he's been... He's been fantastic. He's been really good. Jared's right. He's been great. Although if he's going to make an all-star team, the Blazers can't be going three and four through <laughs> seven games. Sure. Uh, but no, Jared's right. He's taken more threes. Uh, Jason Quick had a great article about this on The Athletic where he talked about CJ, kind of what he focused on in the offseason. And he had two goals, shoot at least 10 threes per game and have at least five assists per game. And he's doing both right now. And in his career... Uh, he hasn't been uh, that type of player. He's only averaged six three-point attempts per game through his career since he became a starter for the Blazers. So it's not counting his bench roll days. Since he became a starter for the Blazers, he's been averaging six three-point attempts per year and only and averaging less than four assists per year. And his assist-to-turnover ratio during that time was less than two. And this year it's been greater than four so far this season. Uh, is this sustainable I think it is, maybe not the points per game total, but the efficiency at which he's shooting. I think it is sustainable. Um, and now I'm going to contradict myself a little bit because I'm going to refer to a stretch last year where he kind of had to play this way. And he had to play this way because Damian Lillard was hurt. So Damian Lillard wasn't on the floor when CJ did this. But he's shown he's capable of having this type of workload and being successful. So right before the bubble last year, Dame missed six games in a row because of a groin injury. And CJ, during that time, averaged 33 points per game, shot 48% from the field, 40% from three on 11 three-point attempts per game, and averaged eight assists per game. His assist-to-turnover ratio was 2.5. So small sample size, and obviously without Dame, but we saw him shooting 11 threes per game, shooting 40% from the three-point line, which is, by the way, his career average, at least over the last five seasons, is 40% from three. So, and he's shooting 43% right now. I think this is definitely something he can sustain. And it's great to see from Blazers fans because he's been notorious for slow starts. If CJ McCollum wasn't shooting the way he is right now, the Blazers may be one and six right now instead of three and four. So he's been a savior for them to even be three and four at this point. And I think it is something that is sustainable for him. The only question I have is, is he maybe taking shots away from someone else? But if he continues to be this efficient, then no, 
like, yeah, would you like maybe Robert Covington to be more involved in the offense? Maybe, but would you rather have Robert Covington taking those shots or CJ if he continues to be these, this efficient taking those shots? You'd rather have it be CJ. So I think it is sustainable for him, and I'm actually really excited to see what he does the rest of the year. It really is a shame that the Blazers are off to such a bad start right now because the C.J. McCollum for All-Star uh, campaign would be you know, full steam ahead at this point because he has been so good and so much fun to watch. And I've enjoyed seeing him make that concerted effort to get out to a great start to a season, to be aggressive, to attack. And uh, Carmelo, I, I have up my, my Twitter page right now so it's got like a bunch of uh sound bites from from the guys over the past couple of days and uh Carmelo Anthony saying when he's in attack mode he's unstoppable and we are all witnessing that and I I had to think about that because I think we're at a moment where CJ has the ability to take that next step in his career and where people will look at him a little bit differently and it's quotes like that coming from guys like Melo uh, that helps do that to change that narrative about CJ and he's backing it up right now. And to your point, Jared, yeah, like fire away. Like we know that he is the king of the mid range and he can get to his spots and he can knock down those pretty J's and there's so much value in that, but he's also got the ability to knock down the deep shot. And you, to Nate's point as well, the more you can get him shooting the better. And if that takes away from other players, so be it because if he is going to shoot consistently at that rate, you have to give him those shots. And I'm waiting for that moment when we have both Dame and CJ cooking, coexisting with that similar type of scoring role. Because if we can get that from both, and we know what happens when Dame is out and CJ, it's CJ's team, what he does. Like the man goes off. But I like seeing them fill it out and figure out how they get both things going. But Long story short, I do think that it is sustainable. It's going to be tough, and there's going to be, you know, down points where he has bad shooting nights and stuff like that. But overall, I believe he is capable of, of being that dude. Now let's see them win some more games and have two Portland Trailblazers in the All-Star game because that would be really cool to see. Well, one thing over the last couple of years as we talked about, I think me and Jared have kind of been on the same page that C.J., over the last two or three seasons has been the third most valuable blazer on the team. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the third best player, but the third most valuable player. He's been their best player so yeah, far. This year. I agree. Like he's made a giant stride at the start of the season. And one thing I love is I, we always see our preseason picks of, you know, who's a player you think could overachieve or take a step forward. Jared on at least one, and I think two occasions to start seasons has said, this is going to be the year. CJ's going to make the all-star team. <clears throat> I didn't hear I mean, any he thoughts from Jared this season. He was my pick last season. I think that's why I didn't pick him this season, because I picked him last season and it didn't happen. I didn't hear anything from Jared at all, and now CJ may be actually doing <laughs> what Jared's wanted for so long from CJ. He may be <laughs> that's big facts, man. Jared has been high on the CJ bandwagon, so it's good to see that come through. So when I don't speak it into existence, it happens. So this is your fault, yeah. Well, it's, it's a good thing Jared said it's not sustainable then. <laughs> so, guys, it's, it's prediction time. The Blazers play four games between now and our next podcast. Uh, today against the, the Timberwolves, Saturday at the Kings, Monday against the Raptors, and then they play Sacramento again on Wednesday, that one at Sacramento. So which games do the Blazers lose? Which games do the Blazers win? You ready for another sweep here, guys? <laughs> oh, I want to hear it, baby. You ready? No, I'm not going to do it. Uh, they should win. I'm be honest. They should win all four. But I'm scarred from last week. They did me dirty. We got to say that last week. Uh, I went one and two in those picks. I picked them to win all three. You guys went two and one. The only game you guys missed was uh, them losing to the Bulls. Uh, but this go around, I'm going to have them going three and one. So my confidence still... Like I said, my confidence is a little bit shaken, but I still expect them to be good and to beat these teams. Uh, I think they're going to go on a three-game winning streak here. I think they're going to beat the Timberwolves tonight. I think they're going to beat the Kings in that first matchup in Sacramento. They're going to come back home. The Raptors are really having a tough time, especially scoring. So yep. 
if the Blazers give up 115 to 120 to the Raptors, they're in some serious trouble. And, but so I think they win those three. And then, you know, the, the, it's not technically a two game series, but two games at two out of three, I kind of view it as the same. And I'm going to go the route you guys took last time and say the second one goes to the opponent and the Kings beat the Blazers when Portland returns back to Sacramento. Three and one out of those four. Those are good picks. So uh, I would say that your confidence is not that shaken. <laughs> if my confidence wasn't shaken, I'd pick them four and up. <laughs> See, I, I wonder if uh, – I think the Bulls game is going to be a wake-up call. I think there was something different about that loss. There was something different about the, the reaction you saw from Coach Stotts, the reaction you saw from Damian Lillard. You know, if it was just the Warriors game and Steph Curry putting up 62, you can explain that away. But the, the Bulls game, I think that's a wake-up call. And I think you're going to see a lot better effort from the Blazers going forward. And I think that they're really fortunate that they have this, you know, what should be an easy stretch of games coming up to kind of figure things out and maybe start to gel and be, you know, show some improvement on defense, get Nurkic going. Um, I'm just going to run through these these teams and say what I think about them. I mean, the Timberwolves, you've got no Carl Anthony Towns. They have the worst defensive, the worst net rating in the NBA, so that should be a win. The Kings are 4-4, four and four, so they're, they're not too bad, but their defense isn't very good. Um, the avail- availability of De'Aaron Fox um, is interesting. He, uh, he suffered a hamstring injury uh, last night, played only five minutes, and then had to leave the game. Right now he's listed as, I think, a game-time decision day-to-day for, for their next game. But a hamstring injury is something that even if he does come back and play, it can kind of hinder him. And his game is built very much on athleticism and speed. So that could hurt the Kings. They're playing the second game of a back-to-back. So I'm going to give the Blazers a win there. The Raptors, like Nate said, terrible offense. Um, Hopefully this is a chance for the Blazers to get better on defense against a bad offensive team and not a chance for the Raptors offense to get right against a bad Blazers D. But it's also the final game of a four-game road trip for the WAP. Raptors, so give the Blazers another win. And then the Kings, tough to beat a team twice. We saw that with the Warriors, but the Kings don't have Steph Curry. And I just have a gut feeling the Blazers are going to be on a roll, pull that one out too. So give them a four and a week. At, at least it. Jared, at least Jared stayed consistent. At least he backed <laughs> up with his no confidence wavering and then picked them to go four and oh. No Hassan Whiteside revenge game on Jared's horizon. He's not even playing. <laughs> he got a DNP last night. Man, you know, when Jared is right, he is right. And that's <laughs> no how way this, you're going 4 0 this week, this, too. This is a 4 0 kind of week. Oh, what? <laughs> um, None of our confidence is shaken. What? I, I will be like, I am so overly confident on this Minnesota game. Like, to Jared's point about a wake-up call, like, I will be absolutely shocked if they lose to the Timberwolves. Like, if they lose this game to the Timberwolves, like, the conversation, my tone, how I feel about this team will be so different the next time we talk. Even if, even if let's say, they lose that Timberwolves game and then they win the next three, I'm still I, – I will get off the schneid and be concerned about the team. So I, I think they're going to kill Minnesota tonight. Um and then the only game that I'm truly like concerned about is that Toronto game. I feel like it's a trap game. I, I, it feels similar to that Bulls game where it's an automatic, you assume it's an automatic win. So if I had to pick a game that they're going to lose, I think it's going to be the Toronto one. But I'm not. I think they're going to go 4-0. This is going to be a, a kind of a, a change in the, in the season for this team where they take advantage of this schedule. But – 4-0 week. We're going out there, Blazers. I'm going all in. So let's see. Prove me right. You guys are, like, twisted. Like, have we been watching the same team the last two games? Like, did we watch – like, the Blazers are the only team this year to blow a 20-point lead this year. They're the only team to do it. See, but the thing is, like, this is all about predictions. And I really – I mean, I really think that there's something to this. I mean, I think that – just seeing the way the team reacted to that Bulls loss. This just feels like a loss that would get their attention 
and you're going to see better effort from them. And that's why they lost the Bulls game. I mean, the defensive issues in the second quarter or in the second half, I'm sorry, were because of effort. And so I think that you're going to see a much better effort from this team going forward. And then if they get on a little roll, these are all teams. You said it yourself, Nate. They should go 4-0 against these teams. So I think that wake-up call, improved effort, start to figure a few things out. I mean, Nurkic looked a lot better in the first half of that Bulls game. He didn't look good in the second half because nobody did. But maybe he starts to figure it out. I'm really putting all of this on that Bulls game being a wake-up call for them. You're right. The Blazers should win their next four. They also should have won their last three, and they won one. And mm-hmm. so that's why, that's why I hedged this week, and I'm shocked you guys didn't hedge at all. <laughs> we'll see we'll see i thought i thought you were gonna go extreme the other direction nate three no. and one is you're trying to you're trying to stay in the the prediction standings there with a three and one yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll see. when i'm right next week when i find when i get vindicated a week later <laughs> also just so people were know it's 150 right now on thursday afternoon we're recording the podcast if the Blazers lose tonight to the Timberwolves, I would love to record another one with you eight hours from now or longer. You know, oh, that might be a lot of fun. That could shake would... my confidence. Yeah. <laughs> We'd get some steamy takes. All but, right. guys, it's time to tap that wrist. Set The stage is now max bar time. I've been waiting for this, looking forward to this. The floor is now yours, sir. Guys. It is great to be back with another week of Rip It. Before we get to this week's game, we're going to look back the Rip It Holiday Spectacular. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we're going right. to find out who started the season with a win. So let's go back to the season opener against the Jazz on the 23rd. Question for this game was which player will stuff more stockings and finish with more block shots? <laughs> Yusuf the Grinch Nurkic or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Gobert? <laughs> Jared and Orlando went with Rudolph. Nate, you went with the Grinch. Yeah, he has been a Grinch so far this year. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Uh, no blocks for Gobert. Oh, oh come on, Rudy. Zero. Oh, man. Nurkic, zero blocks as no! well. <laughs> no. What a way to start Rip It. Oh, classic Rip It. Keep the win out of Nate's hands, and I'm happy. <laughs> I can't believe Gobert had no blocks when the Jazz just yeah, completely that's crazy. dominated the Blazers. That's incredible. Blazers versus Rockets on the 26th. Uh, first question for this game was, who will gift wrap more assists for his teammates in the game, Damian Silent Knight Lillard or John Deck the Wall? <laughs> Nate and Orlando picked Silent Knight Lillard. Jared, you went with John Wall, who unfortunately didn't play Ooh. in the game. Oh, that's too bad. Health Ooh, protocols. Bad. So Lillard uh, had a good assist game. He had nine. Easy win for Nate and Orlando there. Next Dang. question from the same game was over under 29 points for James Holly Jolly Harden. Jared, you went under and said oh. he's not really in game shape. Oh, no, I did. Nate, you <laughs> took the over and said that guy doesn't need to be in game shape. To drop 30. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Orlando went under because he said, I can't go with Nate. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so, Nate takes that one. Harden, by the way, 44 points in the overtime loss to the Blazers. That's probably the most accurate thing I'm going to say in the entirety of this season on the pod. What a great quote. What a <laughs> yeah. great quote. Yep. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Blazers at the Lakers uh, game. Question was, who will roast more chestnuts on an open fire by getting hot and making the most threes? Anthony Slaybells Davis, Carmelo Candy Cane Anthony, or LeBron Jingle Bells James. <laughs> Nate and Jared went with Jingle Bells. Did. Orlando, you couldn't resist three to the dome and went oh, with no. Carmelo Anthony. Uh, this was LeBron Jingle Bells James. 
Uh, went three for seven from three. Uh, Anthony Davis, oddly, did not even attempt a three in the game. Um, and Anthony, of course, didn't play yeah. due to health protocols. And this was the Gary Trent Jr. game where he went off. So Jared and Nate uh, take that one. It's, it's, and, it's looking pretty good for me right now here, fellas. It's looking say. good. It's How many do you have, good. Orlando? Do you have one or two? I have oh. one. Oh, yeah, man. this is not good, dude. This is not good. Let's wrap it up with the wild card question, which was which team, Jazz, Rockets, or Lakers, will give the Blazers more lumps of coal in their stockings by scoring the most points against them? And all three of you, this was a sweep. You all said the Lakers, the oh, best no. team in the West, and you were all wrong. Yeah. The Lakers actually scored the least <laughs> amount of points against the Blazers. Oh, man. The correct answer was the Rockets, who scored oh. one. 126. The overtime helped. Yeah. But this was a high-scoring affair anyway. And that means Nate Hansen wins the Rip It Holiday Spectacular. Three out of five for Nate. Congratulations. Jared Orlando, one out of five each. Oh, man. Continuing this this season like we did last season in the regular season, my friends, when I dominated Rip It, off to another hot start. See, this is what the Blazers should be doing right now. Oh, I Nate's will say confidence is never, ever, ever shaken in himself. <laughs> yeah, good call. I will say that quote is so good about Harden. After, yeah. last, after last season, it's hard. For, I mean, it would be hard for his confidence not to be shaken. Yeah. yeah. Oh. All right. Let's get to this week's game. We've got four games. We're going to do one question for each game and the wild card question. So here we go. Starting with the Timberwolves game tonight, Thursday night. Who will finish with the most rebounds? Robert Covington, Jarrett Culver of the Timberwolves, or former Blazer Ed Davis? Mm, He's starting. He has been starting recently for the Wolves. So we got Covington, Culver, or Davis. These guys are averaging pretty close to the same amount of rebounds per game. So who wants to start it off? I'll go with uh, Robert Covington. All righty. I'm going to go with uh, Sir Ed. Man knows how to rebound. He does. Yep, they're going to be throwing up a lot of bricks. So Ed Davis will be there to clean clean <laughs> things up. Oh, there you mean. So he's getting offensive rebounds is what you're saying. <laughs> yep, yep, okay. yep. <laughs> All right. We have Ed Davis versus Ennis Cantor tonight on the boards. At, at Sir oh, that's going to be good. Be that fun. should be good. Yeah. Friend of the All podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, moving on to the first Kings game. Who will score the most points in this game? Gary Trent Jr., Carmelo Anthony, or Kings rookie Tyrese Halliburton? I'm going to go with – oh, go ahead, Nate. I'm gonna, I'll start off since Jared talked about how De'Aaron Fox may miss <laughs> some time here. I'll go with uh, Tyrese Halliburton there. That was my exact reasoning, too. I'm also going with Tyrese Halliburton. As Max would say, I can't resist. Give me Carmelo <laughs> Anthony. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at this, but I think that the, your percentage of picking Anthony when he's involved in a question <laughs> has got to be over 90%. Oh, man. That, that says something even going against my boy, Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> well, Melo leads the Blazers in three-point shooting percentage right now among regular players, shooting 47% from three. <laughs> There you go. Trent's shooting 46, not far behind, but Melo's up there right now. All right, moving on. Blazers versus Raptors. Who's going to finish this game with the most assists? Damian Lillard, Fred Van Vliet, or Kyle Lowry? Most assists. Give me Dame. All right. Yeah, the Raptors can't score, so give me Dave. <laughs> Let's call it a sweep, boys. Uh, oh, Damian right. Lillard was my only point last week, so I'll, <laughs> I'll bank on him again this week. <laughs> okay. Going to the second game on the road at the Kings, which team will shoot a better three-point percentage in the game? Oh, yeah, there's only two options here. That's yep. right. I was, I was waiting for the options. Uh so the second game, I'm going to go with the Kings because I said they would win. I will go okay. with the Blazers because I said they would win. Ditto. 
Give me the Blazers. <laughs> All right. 4 0, Stick, baby. <laughs> sticking with your picks. No hedge there. I like it. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm going to be paying so much attention to that, that second game because it's going to decide our picks, probably. And now, potentially, rip, I could win Rip It because. Oh, of- I love it. I love it. Rip It That's has the thing about how rip we it. view games. Rip It? No, it, it, it enhances how you view games, it makes games even more exciting. It's like fantasy sports on steroids. Oh man! I feel a big Harrison Barnes game coming in that second. <laughs> For those of you that are that listen to to rip it, please send us your answers. I want to know how some of you are picking. <laughs> so when I have a bad week, I can laugh at your your bad picks or <laughs> pretend like you didn't get them all right. If you did get them all right, <laughs> it's harder than you think. <laughs> all right, that brings us to the wild card question of the week. Oh, we still have another one. Here, yeah, I, yes. I thought we were done. <laughs> this will be this will be a fun one, but it also involves the Kings. So this is an over/under total points scored by C.J. McCollum in both games against the Kings. We're going to combine his points in both games, and the over/under is fifty-three and a half. You said it yourself, Jared. He's averaging close to between twenty-seven and twenty-eight points a game. Yep. So 53 and a half, over or under? Who wants to start? I'm going over. I said it's sustainable, but I did say I don't know if the points per game total is sustainable. I'm going to say the under. All right. Orlando, what do you think? Man, I'm I'm so tempted here, but I'm I'm (laughs) going to stick to my gut. I'm going to go under. I think he scores 50. Ooh. Okay. Close under for Orlando. All right, guys. Great to be back, and we will find out how you did next week. Orlando's already learned not to doubt me when it comes to rip it. Don't use that reasoning anymore, my friend. Don't do that anymore. Oh, I'll be back to that reasoning. You know I can't resist. Nate doesn't need to be in game shape to win rip it. (laughs) Correct. Oh, man, it's so good to have rip it back. It's so good to have you back, Max, making this podcast so good. Thanks a lot, guys. Guys, let's see how this week goes. We're going to have a lot to talk about the next time we meet. I just hope that Jared and I are correct. <laughs> we all hope that. <laughs> the Blazers can get back on track. That, that always makes bet for better podcasts. I'm always happier to be wrong when the Blazers win. And I'm wrong. Yeah. As opposed to last week where I said they were going to be awesome and then they, they stuck. So. Well, guys, it's, it's good seeing you and, and hearing you over, over Zoom. We'll wrap it up there. Make sure to pick up the podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your mom, everybody, your grandma. Rate it, subscribe. It really helps us out. Thank you guys so much for listening to us like you do every week. We'll be right back here better than ever next week. See you.